Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Everybody in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, beginning to read in verse 13. I'm going to read two verses, then um, we're going to talk about it for a little bit. It says, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature. It was not cut out away. Right? It, was, it still wasn't cut out, our sinful nature. One translation says, we weren't circumcised in the flesh yet. We still had this sinful nature in us. And then it says, then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave some of our sins. For he, he forgave a quarter of our sins. Come on, somebody shout all. He, I love this church. Come on, somebody. For he forgave all of our sins. I love this. He canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Oh, come on. Anybody could preach in an atmosphere like this. Y'all got me already. I'm about to run out. Come on. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. By his victory over them on the cross. Tonight, I want to focus on the cross. I want to talk about the cross for the next few minutes, and then we're going to worship Jesus. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want to talk around this subject, the power of the cross. Oh, come on. The power of the cross. I don't know if this is your first time here, your second time with us. I don't know if you're new to our church. My name is Pastor Alex. I'm one of the pastors along with my wife, Diana, beautiful Colombian queen I have. But, um, but our sole goal and purpose is that you would see Jesus in everything that we do. See us. I don't want you to see. We got a beautiful team. We got an incredible light system, right? We got a whole bunch of stuff that God has given us. But I want to tell you more than that, we want people to see Jesus. And so tonight we're going to focus on the cross. And we're going to talk about that for a few minutes and then we'll worship Jesus one more time. We're going to take communion together. I want you to stay in your seats as long as you can, all the way to the end as we take communion together as a family. And I believe it's going to be a special, beautiful moment. Come on, why don't we close our eyes, bow our head. Let's ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace, for your love. Thank you for uh, a night like this, God, where we can gather together as family, as a community. God, from Kendall campus, the city campus, family, friends, neighbors, we've gathered together to think about the beautiful sacrifice of Jesus. I pray that you speak to our hearts, our soul, our minds tonight. God, tonight I know it's a different night. I don't believe that we just came just to sing some songs, talk about Jesus, then go home like nothing. Jesus, it's a different night. It calls us to, to walk away more in love with you, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you. It is in your name that we pray. All of God's people say. Yeah. Come on, all of God's people say. Yeah. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. How, how many know that, that life is full of struggles? Life is extremely full of struggles, right? Come on, I've heard this phrase before. The struggle is real. <laughs> the struggle's real. 
You ever try going on a diet just to run into Krispy Kreme? The struggle is real. Come on, some of us, we've struggled this year. In January, we made resolutions and, and only to find out that we are struggling still in April. Right? There's all kinds of struggle. We, we struggle with weight. We struggle with diets. We struggle with money. We struggle with health. Life is full of struggles. Right? Whether you like it or not, it's unavoidable. You will struggle in life. Right? And how many of you say we, we're, we can struggle? Come on, you're in here. You're saying, Alex, I, I've struggled. We've struggled. Come on, you're, you, you're going to struggle in life. You ever struggled like I have? You ever woken up one morning and said, okay, this is the day. I'm going to work out. I'm excited. And uh, you put your running shoes on. This happened to me a couple years ago. I put my Nikes on. I was ready to go, all dressed up. You get the whole gear, too, to match, you know. <laughs> getting ready to work out. And as soon as I was uh, getting ready to leave out the room, I said, God, not today. I feel like you're calling me to prayer. I'm just going to go back. <laughs> and uh, we'll do this tomorrow, Lord. And tonight, I'm just going to seek you, right? Like, like, like we struggle. As many of you know, a few weeks ago, I went to Columbia with my wife to visit her family, and we spent a few days out there, and I shared this story before. I was in Columbia, and I did not notice a gigantic five-foot hole in front of me. It was at night. Don't blame me. I fell in a hole. You guys heard the story. Can I tell you, since then, I've been struggling. I try to sleep at night, and my knee's hurting. I've struggled. No, yeah, I know. Thank you, right? Like, somebody feel sorry for me there. It's terrible, like. Like, I can't do anything. I went to my nephew's game the other day. He was playing soccer. I couldn't play soccer with my nephew because my knee is in unbearable pain. I've been struggling. <laughs> Trying to climb up some stairs the other day. My knee is bad. I, after Easter, I'm going to the doctor, by the way. I'm just going to see what happens. <laughs> I'm praying that Easter weekend, Jesus heals my knee. So somebody pray for me. <laughs> but it's been a struggle. <laughs> it's been a struggle. Life is full of struggles. Maybe you're in here tonight, you say, Alex, I'm struggling. Maybe you're in here tonight, you're like, Alex, I'm struggling in my marriage. Like, you, you have no idea. We got married five, six, seven years ago, 15, 20 years ago, and, and we never thought that life would, would leave us where we're at tonight. Like, we're struggling in our marriage. Our marriage, our life has been difficult. Maybe you're in here tonight, you say, Alex, I'm struggling with an addiction, with this bad habit in my life. I, I don't want to do it. I'm tired of it. I, I'm tired of me falling into the same place. But you're in here tonight, and you say, Alex, I'm, I'm struggling. Somebody say struggling. struggling. Maybe you're in here tonight, you say, I'm struggling with this issue in my life. I'm struggling with people in my life. I'm struggling with my job. I'm about to lose my dream job. I'm struggling in life. Can I tell you, all of us will face struggle, but the greatest struggle we will face is this thing called sin, and every single person is going to struggle with it until the day we go see God face to face. It's a struggle with sin. Right? You and I, we are going to struggle with our flesh nature from here until we go to eternity. It's a struggle. We're our, our heart, our, our flesh is inclined in a certain way that we don't like it. All of a sudden, we, we think things that we don't want to think. We, we want to do things that we don't want to do, and, and we're struggling with sin. This is a big problem, is that we all struggle with sin. What I love about a night like tonight is that we get to remember that there is hope, that there is an answer. Come on, we're not hopeless. We're not alone. Come on, our sin is not going to defeat us. Our struggle is not going to get the best out of us. Come on, on a night like tonight, we celebrate Jesus who remembered our struggle with sin. 
Come on, Good Friday is all about remembering that humanity has hope. That where sin came to destroy, that where sin came to kill, Jesus, he came to deliver. Jesus, he came to forgive. My sin kept me from knowing God, but Jesus, he made a way. My sin, as I was struggling, it could have killed me, but grace and Jesus and mercy said no. Right? I love Good Friday because we think about Jesus. But can we be honest? Like, like Friday, that Good Friday thousands of years ago, it, it really wasn't a Good Friday for Jesus. Let us be honest, we call it Good Friday, some Passion Friday or Sacred Friday. It, it was full of a lot of struggle as well. Like think about that Friday over 2,000 years ago. Think about the scene. It was full of struggle. The disciples, we've been talking about them for the last several weeks. The last couple of days as Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, they, they struggled in their faith. They struggled to understand what Jesus was about to do. They were struggling. When they came to arrest Jesus, they struggled. Peter pulled out his sword and chopped somebody's ear off. He was struggling. He had a bad temper. Anybody know somebody with a bad temper in here? Don't point at them. Not right now. Come on, it's Easter weekend. The disciples struggled. Can I tell you, the, the soldiers struggled as well. The soldiers came to arrest Jesus, and they said, we're looking for the one. And when Jesus said, I am he, they all flew back. Literally, that's what the Bible says. They struggled to arrest Jesus. Then they struggled with muscle and strength to beat and torture Jesus afterwards. There was a whole lot of struggling going on that Friday. Pilate struggled. Do you remember the story of Pilate? Pilate didn't know what to do. Pilate was like, what do I do? I, I, I don't find him guilty of any charge. Send him back to Herod. Herod. Herod sends him back to him. He's like, I don't know what to do. Ultimately, he was a Roman coward who struggled. Pilate was struggling, right? That Good Friday was full of struggle. And, and ultimately, Jesus struggled. Jesus struggled on the Friday that we're talking about tonight, right? Like Jesus, the Bible says he went to this garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, and it was there where he struggled. And he's like, if possible, Father, take this cup. Like, I'm about to go through some suffering. I'm about to go through some pain. If, if you can, take this. He was struggling. He struggled all the way from the garden to the cross. Jesus was, was struggling, right, because he knew what he was about to do for humanity. Why did he endure the suffering? Why did he endure the struggling? It's because he loved you and I so much. The Bible said when he saw the joy set before him. Can I tell you that Friday, Jesus, he saw your face. He saw my face. Come on, he saw eternity with him forever. He knew we needed an answer. He knew we needed peace. He knew we needed forgiveness. Come on, anybody thankful for Jesus that in spite of the struggle, that in spite of the pain, come on, he went through it for you and for me. Somebody give Jesus a big shout of praise come on this is Jesus he knew that sin came to take our peace he knew that sin came to take our hope and Jesus said I will struggle and I'll suffer all for mankind I want to tell you tonight that a secure life is possible because of the cross sacrifice you can have a secure life because Jesus came and died on a cross come on anybody thankful for Jesus Christ tonight amazing I love him I love Jesus. I, I want to talk for a moment about the pain and the severeness of the cross. A lot of times we look at the cross and we think about the cross and I think we've already become so used to seeing the cross that we're like, all right, yeah, the cross, like, that was awesome, that was nice, but, 
but the cross was severe. Cross and crucifixion was invented by the Persians, but it was perfected by the Romans. This was a very cruel way of execution. Like this was gruesome. It was painful. The Romans, they were not normal people. They were savages. And they wanted to torture whoever it was that had done them wrong. Right? Crucifixion was normally for slaves. I'm going to get a little bit serious for a moment because I think it's important that we know what Jesus went through for you and for me. Right? Crucifixion was usually reserved for slaves or for people that opposed the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was, was extremely powerful and they covered most of the known land at that time. And they had perfected this Roman execution where they would nail a criminal to a wooden beam. Sometimes the nails would go through the hands or through the feet and they would hang on this cross. And it was a very slow way of death. It wasn't quick. This isn't like the electric chair. This isn't like lethal injection. This is a slow, torturous death. And they perfected it. In fact, sometimes the criminals, the slaves that were being crucified, they would hang on the cross for a full day, sometimes two or up to three days. Because it would slowly, slowly begin to collapse your lungs. They knew exactly what they were doing. The veins would begin to almost break. As you were hanging there, it was just enough for you to reach up through the nails on your feet. They sometimes would put a little small beam so you can reach up just a little bit, gasp for air, and then go right back down, right? After a day or two, sometimes they say that, in fact, some of the slaves or the criminals, they wouldn't die because of crucifixion, but they'll die because of some of the animals that will come and start picking at them and eating away at them. The Romans, they knew what they were doing. Like This was a tough, tough crucifixion. It was severe, it was painful. Cicero, one of the Romans orators and philosophers, he said it was the most gruesome and disgusting way of execution. And he was a Roman. And he says, Rome should do away with it, not only from our city, but from our minds and from our hands. He didn't like it at all. He, he said, this is, this is tor too much torture. This is painful. We should not do this. It was a torturous, torturous execution. That's what the cross meant. The cross is now a symbol for so many of us. The cross now, we see it everywhere. Come on, we see it in church buildings, sometimes in office buildings. You walk into people's homes and they have a cross. You see the cross everywhere. Some people have it as a necklace or as a bracelet. Some people tattoo the cross. And I wonder if they really know the significance and the importance of the cross. And if I were to ask you anything tonight is, what does the cross mean to you? What does the cross mean to you? Do you just wear it as a necklace? Do you just think like Jesus, he just died on two wooden beams, that's amazing? Like, what does the cross mean to you tonight? Because the cross, it has some power. Because the cross, it has significance more than we could ever imagine. For some people, the cross... It's just an old form of execution because they don't believe, not even in themselves. They don't believe that there's a God and that's fine. That's their own reasoning. For others, they think it's just this empty religious symbol. But for some, they understand the blood that was shed on the cross. They understand the love that was given on the cross. They understand that Jesus died for all of us on the cross. What does the cross mean to you tonight? What does the cross mean to you on this good, good Friday? 
Right? Can I tell you, there is power on that cross because of the blood that was shed on that cross. Oh, come on. There's power. There is power. There is wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Come on. Anybody believe that tonight? The power, the power of the cross is so deep. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Paul said, I'd rather glorify in the cross than anything else. He says, for the message of the cross, it is foolishness. It's dumb to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Come on, can I tell you, when you see the cross, it's not just a nice religious symbol. It's not just something to put in an office or a cubicle. I'm glad that we put it all over the place. But every single time you see the cross, let it remind you of the power of God. That when sin came to kill, oh, come on, the power of the cross came to save. That where sin came to destroy, come on, the power of the cross brought mercy. It brought grace. It brought hope. It brought forgiveness. There is power in the cross of Jesus. Somebody tonight give God a big shout of praise come on there's power in the cross there's amazing power on the cross and it's not just a cute symbol to wear around a necklace it's not just something nice to get tattooed or to hang in your house it's powerful what happened on that cross can I talk to you about the sacrifice that was on that cross this wasn't just a regular man, it was the Son of God that went up on that cross. Oh, come on, somebody. It was Jesus. He wasn't just a man. He definitely wasn't a slave or a criminal, but he was sent from heaven for you and for me. Right? Jesus, we've been talking about this Thursday night for the last couple of weeks. If you've been with us, we've been talking about this Thursday night where Jesus, he hung out with his disciples and he's there talking about what he's about to endure. And uh, he's already seeing and feeling that the disciples, they don't really understand much. And he says, God, come with me to pray. We're going to go to this garden. They go to this garden to pray. And in the garden, Jesus, he's sweating. And Jesus is in agony. And Jesus is already understanding what's about to come. Friday morning, early in the morning hours, Judas would show up, the one who betrayed him, would kiss him on the cheek as they begin to arrest Jesus. And the disciples, what do they all do? They all scatter. They all leave. Jesus is now taken to trial. And Jesus now is about to go through about six different trials. Right? This is the Friday that we're talking about. This is the Friday that we're commemorating, remembering tonight. It's what Jesus went through. Jesus was getting ready now for an excruciating, painful Friday. Right? He would go to different courts and different people, and six trials began. And they would begin to try Jesus and see why he should be killed. All the disciples scattered. One denies him three times. This is bad news for Jesus. He knows he's, he's already at the point of being executed. Pilate begins a discussion with him when he finally shows up before Pilate. And Pilate says, do you, do you, are you the king of the Jews? And he says, you, you say that I am. Right there in Matthew chapter 26, we can see what begins to happen. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 67, it says, Then they spit in his face, and then they struck him with their fist, and others slapped him. Jesus' torture and pain begins. In the early hours of that Friday, he begins to be tortured. He begins to get beaten for all of humanity. He begins to get tortured and beaten for you and 
and for me, for our struggle against sin. They start beating him, they start hitting him. And then all of a sudden pain would begin in ways that we could never imagine. Some of us have seen a movie and some of us have seen pictures, but it was probably way more gruesome than that. It's the worst type of execution. Even more so on Jesus because what he was saying was blasphemous to them saying he was the son of God. And I'm sorry if I'm just going to get a little bit graphic tonight, but I just got to tell you what Jesus went through. They began to hit him. They began to spit on him. All of a sudden they took him and, and they were about to literally tear him to pieces. Isaiah, 800 years, the prophet Isaiah gets a picture of what they would do to the son of God. 800 years before it happened to Jesus, Isaiah the prophet, he, he understood what was about to happen. America's only 200 years old. We're talking about 800 years before Isaiah, he got the picture. Look what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. It says that he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that was brought us, it brought us peace. It was on him. And wounds we are healed Isaiah gets a picture of what they're about to do to Jesus like this was extremely bad they first began with with the whipping with the lashes now for us we think well just some lashes on the back yep of course that was bad no it was beyond that right the, the, the Roman generals and soldiers they would use this thing called the, the cat of nine tails and it was this little piece of wood that had nine leather straps attached to it. And they were extremely long and on each leather strap, they would tie with hair pieces of bone, wire, that this would be able to go into the backs of the slaves or the criminals. And if you just think that they just hit somebody with that, they did one step further, they would soak these leather straps in water so that they would become heavier. And then they would bring it out and it's not that they just would hit somebody, they would actually grab it with both hands and they would embed it in the back of Jesus so that those bones, those wires, they would come into his back, embed themselves in there, and then they would yank it down. Right, like this is, this is Jesus being torn apart for humanity. He was broken for us. Isaiah, he got the picture. Isaiah understood what Jesus was about to go through. And now they started giving Jesus 39 lashes to his back. In fact, it had to be 13 on one side of his back, 13 on another, and 13 down the middle. And they were ripping off his skin, all for me and all for you. The Romans had a limit of 39 because they said if you went over 39, the lashes, the whipping alone might kill the criminal or the slave. They did this to Jesus 39 times. And then the Bible says that they actually, some of the Roman guards, they took him to what was called the Praetorium, which was a side place that the Roman generals and soldiers would hang out. And what they did there is that they began to mock Jesus. The Bible, one of the Gospels says that they put a purple robe on him and, and they began to hit him and punch him. They began to pluck out his beard. It says at one point they put a blindfold on him. And when he was blindfolded, one by one, they'll begin to hit Jesus and slap Jesus. And they'll say, can you guess who hit, who hit you? Come on, prophesy. Who hit you, Jesus? 
tell us who it is. And they'll begin to mock him. One of the soldiers grabs them thorns and began to weave a crown of thorns and placed his crown of thorns on his head. Now all of a sudden his face was going to be covered in blood. His body's already bleeding out and now his face is going to be covered in blood. Not only is his face covered in blood externally, but now he begins to bleed internally as well. Some medical examiners say that an Something like that can actually make you bleed on the inside, causing extreme migraine and pain in your head. And this is what Jesus was enduring in his body as he's losing an incredible amount of blood. He's not bleeding from his head externally and internally. It says then they, they actually put his clothes back on him as his back is exposed and bleeding. And they put a beam across his back and... They walk him outside of Jerusalem where he's going to be crucified right outside the city, right? They grab Jesus, they throw him on these wooden beams, and they begin to put nails across each one of his hands. Some believe the nails were from seven inches to nine inches, and they would go right across the hand. In fact, some believe it actually was probably somewhere around the wrist area, because if you put it in the hands as your body's hanging on the cross, your hands could easily rip in pieces and fall off. And so if they did put it through his hands, they would have to tie his arms on the cross. And here they throw Jesus on this cross. They begin to nail him to this cross. Like this is what he did for you and for me. This is the, the severeness of the cross. This is the sacrifice that's on the cross for all of us, for all of humanity. And as he's nailed to this cross now, unable to get away, unable to move, they now lift up the cross and Jesus is now hanging in a perfect position to die slowly. Like Jesus begins to gasp for air. They put him up and, and his lungs begin to collapse. They lift him up and now his organs slowly begin to shut down because of the amount of blood that's coming out of Jesus. Could you imagine the pain in his body, the pain in his head, the pain on his back? The pain on his hands and on his feet. Jesus has a little part where they kind of bend the knee just a little bit so he would get up and begin to gasp just for the last little bits of air that he can grab. This is our Savior. Like, this is what Jesus did. Excruciating, torturous death for the sins, of my, for my sins. Oh, come on, for what I've done. For every wrong I've thought of, for every wrong I've done, for every wrong I could ever imagine in my mind, Jesus said, I'll die for that. I'll die for every single sin that you have done, that you are doing, or that you will do. This is the sacrifice. This is what happened on the cross for all of humanity. Jesus hanging on this cross for all of us. Tonight, I don't know what you're struggling with. Tonight, I don't know how you came in here. Tonight, I don't know if your struggle has kept you from knowing God. Can I tell you, it doesn't have to keep you from knowing him because of what Jesus did. You can have a relationship with the one true living God. Jesus is, is there dying. Some say that the organs shut down and, and finally they die. Others say that the lungs collapse and then they die. If it wasn't enough, all that they did to Jesus, a Roman soldier comes out to make sure if he's dead and pierces him on the side 
And as he pierces him on the side, it was supposed to jab the heart just a little bit to make sure that he was dead. And, and when they do this to Jesus, the Bible says that blood and water comes out of his side. Some medical examiners say that that was significant, not just spiritually, but physically, because it meant that the heart had ruptured. In other words, Jesus had a broken heart on the cross. His heart broke for humanity. Like, I don't want to go through this Friday like just thinking, oh, this is a great Friday, we get together and we remember, but his heart broke for me. Isaiah says he was crushed for our iniquities. He had a broken heart for my life and for your life. His heart was broken and his heart burst. And water and blood comes out and there he, he dies. And right before he dies, he says, it is finished. Completed the job that he was supposed to do that we struggle with no longer has power over humanity because of what Jesus did on the cross. This is what we remember. Can you write down these three things really quick and we'll finish with this. Number one, the sacrifice of Jesus and the substitution that Jesus came to give us as he was there on the cross, the power of the cross. I want to tell you that he was weighed down by sin. It was heavy on his shoulders. So that number one, we could be released of the weight of sin in our life. We could be released of the weight of sin in our life. Can I tell you, sin has a heavy price. I want to tell you today, I don't know how you walked in here. I, I don't know if you've been playing around with sin. I, I don't know if you're stuck in some sin and you want a way out. Listen, there's a way out. Jesus, he carried the heavy price of sin. He took it all on his shoulders so that it could be lifted off of you. Come on, somebody. Listen, the Bible calls it, the Bible calls it the burden of sin in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says that he took on the weight or the burden of sin. He carried it in his own body so that you and I can live right. Sin, it comes to crush. Sin, it comes with some weight. Sin will destroy lives. Listen to me, church. Sin will destroy families, marriages, destinies, future. It has a heavy weight and it will crush us. Sin is nothing to play with. Sin will destroy. It comes to kill. It comes to steal. And it comes to destroy. Sin has a heavy, heavy weight. It is crushing humanity. There are people today, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you can't function correctly because sin, the weight of it is crushing you down. Can I tell you, you can be released of that in Jesus' name because of what he did on the cross. Oh, come on, somebody. You can be released of that. You don't have to be weighed down by sin. You don't have to carry around that burden. Come on. He carried it so that you could be released. You and I could be free from the weight of sin. Oh, come on. The weight has been released off of you and I because of what Jesus did on the cross. Sin crushed him so that it would not crush us. He took that heavy weight so that it would come and lift up off of us. You don't have to live with that heavy weight on you. You don't have to live crushed through life because you can be released. Number two, what Jesus did on the cross, it came so that it can remove the stain of sin in our life. Not only did it release us from the weight, church, it came to remove the stain of sin. 
sin comes to destroy and it will stain your life. It will cause you to remember this forever. There's people in here right now that you're trying to believe what God has for you, but you still remember that sin and what it did in your life. Oh, I messed up my marriage. I, I did something I shouldn't have. And there's this stain, this stain in your, like, like you, ever, you ever been eating and all of a sudden you look down, there's a, there's a stain on your shirt? <laughs> Come on, it's the worst. So many people are looking down, looking at the stain of sin in their life. Saying, why, why did I do this? I have this shame in my life. I have this guilt in my life. The stain of sin is not letting you move forward. The stain of sin is not letting you be free. The stain of sin is not letting you live a purpose-filled life. Because you still remember it happened in the past. But I want to tell you that your history does not determine your destiny. Because he came to remove the stain of sin. Come on, there was blood on that cross. And it was the precious blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus to remove every stain. To remove every weight. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. The stain has been removed. Come on, somebody. He came to make us white as snow. Oh, I love it. The blood of Jesus, the red blood of Jesus. Oh, came to remove the stain of sin that was left for you and I. Sin no longer, listen, it's, it's even out of our conscience. Listen, this is powerful. Come on, somebody. He even came to remove it off of your conscience. Not only does he forgive, he forgets. And he doesn't want you to remember, look at the Bible, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 says that he came and he died for you and I so that even your conscience would be free. Some of you, tonight you're in here and there's still the stain of sin in your mind. The stain of sin in your heart. Be free from that in Jesus' name. Come on, he came to release, came to remove. And number three, he came to replace the death of sin. There was an exchange at the cross because sin, it's heavy, sin, it stains, and sin, it kills. And so what sin came to do was to kill humanity. What sin comes to do is to kill me and to kill you. And Jesus on that cross, what he did is that there was a beautiful exchange on that cross. He says, I'll take the place of humanity and I'll receive the death of sin so that you can receive the life of God. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you, tonight, sin does not have to destroy you and kill you. Sin does not have to kill your family, your marriage. Sin does not have to kill your future, your destiny. The power of sin has been broken because of what Jesus did on the cross, because there was power on that cross. And now you've been released of that death so that you can receive the life of God. Sin has a heavy price. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. The message paraphrase, it actually puts it this way. Work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. Jesus says, I'll take that price. I'll die so that you can receive life. Well, this is what Jesus did for you and I. This is what Jesus did for all of humanity. He said he came and he took our place on the cross. I don't know about you, but I can no longer see the cross the way I used to see it. 
For me, the cross is no longer just something I put on a necklace or I put in an office or I see in the church. When I look at the cross now, I remember that, oh, come on, I've been released. It's been removed. Come on, and now I can receive. Come on, what Jesus did for me. When I think about the cross, there's power on that cross. Come on, there was blood on that cross that bought me back. There was blood on that cross that paid for my sins. This is what Jesus did. Anybody thankful for the cross? Give him a big shout of praise tonight. Come on, can we stand up on our feet all across this place? In just a moment, we're going to take communion together and then, then we'll worship Jesus and go home. But, but with every eye closed, I want nobody moving for just a second. Come on, this is a special Friday night. I want every single eye closed, if it's possible. If you can, please, nobody moving. It's a holy moment. It's a special moment. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here. Come on, with every single eye closed, with every head bowed, maybe you're in here tonight and you're saying, Alex, I'm far from God. Oh, Alex, I know I got sin in my life and, and I know that sin has separated me. I've done stuff that nobody knows about. Maybe you got invited here tonight and this is your first time hearing about God and Jesus or, or you grew up with some kind of knowledge but you've never had your own personal relationship with Him. I want to tell you that God loves you more than you could imagine. He's deeply, madly in love with you and I. And maybe you're sitting in here and all you're thinking about is the stain of sin, the weight of this sin, the death of sin. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, Alex, but this sin, it's killed relationships in my life. It's killed some things that God has wanted to do in my life. And Oh, it's left this incredible past that I'm, I'm not proud of. It's ruined some things in my life. Maybe you're in here tonight and you're carrying guilt and shame in your life. I want to tell you that this is why Jesus came to die for us. Maybe you're in here tonight and you're saying, Alex, God wants nothing to do with me. I've done stuff that I'm not proud of. I've done stuff that my family doesn't even know about. Can I tell you, God knows about him and he loves you still. Tonight, he wants to have a relationship with you. He loves you so, so much. Come on, with every eye closed, every head bowed. Come on, the entire church praying. If you're in here tonight and you say, Alex, that's me. I got sin in my life. If you're in here tonight and you say, Alex, I want a brand new start. I want a brand new beginning. If you're in here tonight and you say, Alex, I'm tired of the life I've been living. I've done some wrong choices. I've thought wrong, done wrong. Can I tell you, all of us have. The Bible says there is no one perfect. All of us have sinned. There's not one perfect person in this place tonight. We've all done wrong. We've all sinned. Sin came to separate us, but Jesus came to unite us with the Heavenly Father. Jesus came, he grabbed all of my sins. Jesus grabbed all of your sins. He went up on that cross, the beautiful cross. Oh, that rugged cross, Jesus went up on those wooden beams and, and he took the penalty, he paid the price for our sins. The Bible says that Jesus, he died on that cross on that Friday afternoon. They took his body, they laid it down in a grave in a tomb and he was he was dead for three days, but after three days, oh, come on, somebody knows that Sunday's coming. That death and sin could not hold him down. On the third day, he resurrected. He didn't just die for you. He resurrected for you so that you can have new life. If you're in here tonight, listen, with every, every single eye closed, every head, every head bowed, there's people in here tonight, you, you need to make this decision tonight. Jesus died so that you and I can have new life.
so that your sins would be forgiven sin has a heavy price comes to kill steal destroy tonight Jesus said I want to forgive you of those sins I come to release I come to remove and I come to replace with every eye closed with every head bowed if you're in here tonight and you say Alex I need Jesus in my life if you're in here tonight and you say Alex I need forgiveness tonight I've messed up too much I'm sick and tired of being sick and if you're in here tonight and you say tonight I want to have a relationship with God maybe at one point you had a relationship with God and you walked away and you're saying I need, I need to start this again I want Jesus in my life I want a brand new beginning I want him to forgive me of my sins in just a moment I'm gonna to count to three and I want you to raise your hand wherever you're at I'm not gonna embarrass you I'm not gonna put you in a spot in fact every single eye closed every head bowed in a moment of privacy and concentration nobody looking around I'm asking you to raise your hand because I believe number one God has seen you take the step of faith number two I just want to see who I'm, who I'm praying for when I count to three if that's you I want you to raise your hand hold it up for about five ten seconds and then you can put it right back down every eye closed every head bowed if you're in here and you need Jesus if you're in here and you need forgiveness if you're in here and you say Alex I need a brand new start and a brand new beginning I want to see who I'm praying for at the count of three raise it up one two three raise your hand as high as you can as high as you can God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you and 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 you up there and you amazing hands raised up all over this place come on amazing amazing I see you I see you back there as well amazing 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 come on with every eye closed every head bowed those of you who raise your hand I'm gonna say a simple prayer I want you to repeat this prayer from the bottom of your heart in fact the whole church why don't we all repeat it together as a family as a community repeat this prayer after me say father thank you for today for today thank you for this opportunity I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you Jesus I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From tonight on, I am saved, I'm forgiven, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, this is what Good Friday is all about. Somebody give God a big, big praise in this place. Amazing.